episode one, season two, Patience is a Podcast, competition. I'm beginning to feel the pressure. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm beginning to feel the pressure. Because before every episode, I just get on, talk. B would just get on and talk, or you know, from the previous podcast. And we was just just having fun doing that. But like I said, I'm beginning to feel the pressure because I'm actually reaching people. I'm actually reaching people. You know, I just came off a of vacation, which was very good. And I just wanted to take a little break from the podcast because I was trying to piece together episodes. And it wasn't really working for me because it was on so many different levels. And after listening to it, I realized that I can tell those stories I can express those feelings, but it will be going from different place to different place, and I kind of want to keep the same, the same flow for each episode as I've been doing since I started this 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 new podcast. So first of all, I want to you know thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, for giving feedback, and I appreciate it. And just let you know we're in everything together. We're in everything. We're in this together. So, like I've been saying, like you've been saying, this will pass. We will get past this. All of this, all of this will be behind us soon, but we'll be better from it. We'll be much better from it. I'm not saying because of it, because if we try to use this as a stepping stone, it'll sort of make us retreat to the way of getting away from person to person feeling person to person involvement and development actually because you can't even have a conversation sorry about that let the truck pass you can't even have a conversation these days without somebody taking taking steps backwards out of fear. Good morning. And I kind of don't, I don't want to live my life like that anymore. So once again, I hope you all have been well and I hope you all have had some sort of normalcy to your life. I know you have because I see a lot of you guys on social media and I'm seeing little bits and pieces of life, little bits and pieces of, of you instead of little bits and pieces of, instead of a lot of, a lot of what's going on and a lot of the fear that was over the nation possibly, I want to say a month ago, but everything is sort of subsided now. And I'm not saying out of out of defiance or foolishness. I'm just saying out of we know how to handle it because everything that the so-called powers said 
a lot of the masses did. A lot of the masses did, even as recent as the um the disinfectant thing that everybody was going on, feeling the need to drink bleach and that and this and that, which was foolish, but I'm seeing people go off more of go off more of their own instinct. And that's a great thing. It's a great thing. So I named this episode Competition and I'm going to focus on the competition, not just in the arena or on the field. Mostly the competition you face when you look into that mirror each morning. That competition. That competition and nobody can seem to get over because when you get back to that mirror at night, they're still there and most likely they're ahead of you. reason why I say they're ahead of you they're ahead of you because when you look into the mirror each morning you look at yourself and you say no you're still here you made it most people look into the mirror and they still see the past I'm guilty of that I'm not gonna lie most people look into that mirror and they still see everything that happened to them and it haunts them so you're in competition with yourself to try to fight it, to try to add new ways and new new beliefs, new things into your life to get you to see yourself differently. But the years outweigh those days or months that you're trying to be a new person because you let something from your past or something from your present take you right back down that road. I tell people all the time and people even tell me it took it took fight for me to get over my past it took a physical fight with myself to get over my past I had to walk away from everything in my life in order to return brand new and sometimes that's all it takes Honestly, sometimes that's all it takes is physically stripping yourself away from your life, every aspect of it. So what you put back into it, you don't mistakenly put a bit of that old life into yourself again. Take that old life and you leave it. Take those old ways, those old habits, and you leave them. I've heard a lot of people tell me they quit drinking just like that. A lot of people tell me they quit smoking just like that. They quit doing heavy drugs or they quit giving into this giving into temptation, giving into the flesh. Just like that. We are all guilty of something. There's not a person breathing that isn't guilty of something. You may feel you're better than some. You may feel you're better than some because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. That doesn't make you any better. That does not make you any better. And I realized that the hard way from facing people whom I thought 
were people to look up to, but I realized that they weren't. You know, you got to find out those things the hard way. So that puts you in competition with yourself in a different way because you're blaming yourself. You're calling yourself stupid for believing that person. You're calling yourself crazy for believing those words. And then you're right back into your old ways. Shouldn't be, but... You know, and some people will say it is what it is, but... We got to break ourselves from that. It isn't what it is. It isn't what it is. You can't accept it. Basically, that's what that means. You can't accept it. You cannot accept it. So when you succumb to it is what it is or oh well, that's you just giving in. You can't give in. You cannot give in. cannot conform to your reality because if you conform conform to your reality you're going to be just like everybody else afraid and accepting this change in this world that this is how it's going to be that we're going to walk around wrapped up in bubbles and plastic and masks and everything for the rest of our lives when 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 we aren't this will pass life will life will go on Back to this, back to the competition. You could be in competition in every aspect of your life and not even know it. You know if you're at work, you're in competition. If you have that type of job. You know, if you have the type of job where sales-based, numbers-based, you're in competition. You know that every time you wake up, every time you go to work, every time you clock in. It's like Battle Royale or the Hunger Games or something like that with everybody that you work with. That's when you see people for who they are. No, they're just they're just pieces on the chessboard. And you're struggling to get to the top. You can be in competition and uh, parenting. You know, with your with your spouse, you could be in competition in your marriage, you could be in competition, you could be in competition in your sex life. The competitive spirit is alive in just about every aspect of life. No way of getting around that. No way of getting around that. Especially when you got, let's say you got a group outie. And y'all, you know, you're out in the park, group of people playing football, volleyball or something like that. What what was once a friendly game turns into, you know, uh, a F that, let's keep playing moment. <laughs> I've been there plenty of times. But that just brings out that animalistic nature in all of us in every way. Because of, that, because of that competitive fire that still drives a lot of us. It still drives me and I'm 37. It still drives me. That competitive fire is still inside of me. 
in every way. I compete with myself every day. I compete with other people. They don't even know it. <laughs> I compete with other people. Don't even know it. I see people on social media or my friends even, and what they do, I want to do. You know, a lot of my friends are younger than myself, and I don't have a problem with that. But it's just that I want to be seen as equal or better. That's just me. It's competitive nature. This is me. It's really in my uh, my oldest daughter. Really in P. She wants to beat you at everything. She wants to beat you at everything, and that drive is going to be inside of her her entire life. I know. She wants to. She wants to win at everything. And she knows failure. Yeah, she knows failure. She felt failure. You know, we've talked about her being on the basketball team and losing the championship game. We talked about that fire that was inside of her to fight with the referees and and the the crash afterwards. Her tears were flowing, and I just couldn't do anything but let them fall. I couldn't do anything but let her tears fall. Her and my youngest daughter, but it really felt, it really hit Pete because, you know, she wants to prove it. She wants to prove it in the arena in sports. She wants to be the best. And I know you can say, well, don't let your kids feel that they're better than anyone. I didn't say she felt she she feels that she's better. It's just good to have, it's just good to put that into children. To keep going. To get better. Don't let outside things distract you from your goal. That's basically what I mean. So I'm going to jump into the different levels of competition and tell a few stories. Um, the docu-series just, that just ended yesterday, The Last Dance, that showed what I, was, what I thought was going to show just the last season of the um, you know championship Bulls being together, the, the last year of the three-peat. But it wound up being basically Michael Jordan's whole career. Well, what he wanted to tell. You know, he told a lot of stories. He teared up. Told some things you may not have known as just a general sports fan. But if you were like myself in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, 90s in general, you knew everything there was to know about Michael Jordan. Now, I didn't know about all of the infidelity, but I didn't find out about that from that series. I found out about that just from watching, you know, read books and stuff like that. But that doesn't make him any less of a man. You know, it, it, it makes him more human to see his flaws, to see their flaws. To turn that spotlight and put it upon yourself. But to see the spirit of competition that blocked out everything blocked out the distraction from Dennis Rodman the 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 poutiness basically of Scottie Pippen and the little Napoleon factor of you know Jerry Krause the spirit of competition brought all of those men together for the common goal the common goal was to dominate be the best and win championships and they did that they did that now, a lot of people say Michael Jordan should have 10 titles. If that was the case, he would. 
but I still but I agree with with him having that competitive nature I agree with that competitive nature being inside of him and I agree with a lot of the tactics like the coming together and you know what he did for Dennis Rodman in a way that that he sometimes joked with a lot of his teammates and stuff like that but I disagree with a lot of the tactics with like what he did what he did to Horace Grant you know telling the stewardess people on the plane not to feed him because he had a horrible game or the way he would berate certain teammates and stuff like that and a lot of people say that's the difference between him and LeBron that drives that drives that competition between him and LeBron and I really don't see a competition with those two I see a, a narrative that that LeBron's in competition with himself not with Michael Jordan because you can't be in competition with someone with whom you don't compete against so he's in competition with himself like he said like he said some years back he's chasing a ghost he's been chasing a ghost his entire career because I believe he only he's only stepped on the court with Michael Jordan one time and that was for a pickup game before he got into the league. And from what I heard from that story, yeah, LeBron was just an 18-year-old kid. Michael Jordan was 37, 36, 37 or whatever, or older than that. And now LeBron is 36, 35, 36, and he's evolved. He's gotten much better mentally. So there's no way that they can have comp- they can be competitors. LeBron is just chasing a ghost, like he said. Even if he passes him, sorry about that truck pass. Even if he passes Mike, numbers wise. Even if he passes Mike, numbers wise, you're gonna have your critics in and they say the same saying well he doesn't have six rings he didn't go six for six in the finals Mike wasn't tested in the finals Michael was tested in the Eastern Conference he got his test from the Pacers he got his test from the Knicks he got his test from the Heat he got his test from the Nets at times he got his test from the Hawks at times Celtics the Pistons he got his test from the East so by the time he played he played Magic Johnson in the finals for the first time. Michael had already been beaten by the Pistons so many times, mentally and physically. There was nothing, there was nothing that the smile and the camaraderie of Magic Johnson was going to do to Michael Jordan to break him. Michael ate Magic Johnson and the Lakers alive for four straight games after losing that first game. I watched it. <laughs> ate him alive. There was nothing the Lakers could do. There was nothing the Blazers could do. There was nothing Charles Barkley and the Suns could do because Charles Barkley was broken mentally because of the friendship he had with Michael Jordan. He was already broken. He was already broken. So, 
back to LeBron and Michael, you know, you can't compare those. Plus, it was a different era. The Eastern Conference, they wanted to kill Michael. Everybody in the NBA now are best friends. There's no, there's no physicality there. Yeah, you may have your occasional fight, but there's no physicality there. I mean, that's why I call Allen Iverson my favorite player. Because he went, he went to war. That's why I say LeBron couldn't have, couldn't have taken those. Well, I say LeBron possibly could have taken those sixes to the finals. I don't think Michael could, because Michael would have killed him. I think I said that before. That's why I look to Allen Iverson with so much respect for what he did on the basketball court. Because he said, look, you all get behind me. You all get behind me, and I'm going to lead you. And if I don't lead you, everything falls on my shoulders. And everybody got on Allen Iverson about the, the practice rant because he never practiced practice or he, or he didn't have or he didn't have the want to to lift weights. Because he said, you know, quite frankly, this shit was too heavy. So, you know, <laughs> why would I want to lift weights? I'm fine as a basketball player. <laughs> Which I understood. And that carried me for so long because I wanted just my raw ability to be. When I had my dreams of just being being a basketball player, being a football player, I wanted my raw ability to shine. I made a lot of mistakes coming up. I could have played on the uh, state championship team in my high school. I didn't have the drive. I just wanted to step on the field and let it come to me. I saw too many highlights. I had no competition. I had nobody driving me. I saw too many highlights. Too many highlights, Dion. Too many highlights, Walter Payton and Mike Singletary and all of those players that I admired. I didn't know anything about the Hills. I didn't know anything about that spirit of competition that drove Jerry Rice. That spirit of competition that drove Walter Payton to do it when you're not being watched. I didn't know anything about that. All I saw was Ali being the greatest. All I saw was Mike Tyson knocking everybody out. I didn't find out about the miles and the miles and the grueling of your feet hitting that pavement at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Then going to spar for hours. Then coming back and doing the same thing repeatedly. Giving up women, giving up food, giving up certain foods for the spirit of competition, depriving yourself of what makes you feel good so you can be the best in your craft. I didn't have that spirit of competition back then. I have it now. And that makes me even better, I feel, because now I have it physically and mentally. So I feel like I've possibly got about a good three, four, maybe five years to put into my body what I want and to just have fun with with my abilities now. Because like I said before, I was just, I was 150, 160 pounds out there trying to hit everybody to move, catch everything that was in the air, dunking on everybody, not really working on anything. 
So that's what I try to get try to get the youth now, try to get my kids and other people now. You have to put the work in if you want to be better at something. If you want to make it doing something, you have to put the work in. And not necessarily just just at athletics. Putting the work into your school. Putting the work into your reading, your studying. You have to do it when nobody sees you. You have to be the best when nobody's there. You have to put hours and hours in just for those moments of glory. For that one hour, one hour of a football game, or the 48 minutes of a basketball game, or the or the three days of a baseball game. <laughs> they have to put in so many hours. So many hours. Even, even hell, somebody with a regular job has to put in hours. And I'm not saying doctors, lawyers, that's, that's beyond regular right there. That's beyond regular job. I mean, somebody like myself. I mean, somebody like me that's just, that just works in a grocery store, manages the department. I have to put in hours and hours of training. Now, most people don't. They just get it because. But I know I got it because I worked for it. I know I got my time off of work. My vacation because I worked for it. Because I put that ability into other people. I put that ability into the people under me that they can, they'll be fine. I don't have to be there. I don't have to be over them. That's because I put in a lot of work into it. And I knew I would leave them better for at least a week. Now, let's get back. Let me put you guys back on the spirit of competition between LeBron and Michael and how they their drive is different. Now hell, I would have been one of those people to try to fight Mike. Honestly, I would have been one of those teammates to, alright, alright Mike. Me and Mike would have fought every practice, on every team bus, on every plane, in every locker room. Mike was going to have my respect. Because he wasn't trying to, to get it by watching him, he was trying to get it by fear. And that's not the way to do anything. It's like I tell people I work with. You walk around being mean, trying to be big and bad. You're trying to rule with fear. You can't do that. Partly because people these days, yeah, the iron hand isn't around anymore. I mean, the iron fist, I'm sorry. The iron fist isn't around anymore, so you're dealing with a bunch of babies. You have to coddle and you have to babysit. Myself as a manager quickly understood that, that I'm basically a babysitter right now. I understand it. I understand it. Wholeheartedly understand it. But let's get back to that drive, that competitive drive. LeBron wants to be your friend, wants to make you feel welcomed and a part of something. He wants to uplift you. He wants to make you better. He wants to make you better. That's why those teammates of his left Cleveland, left Miami and got big contracts or got titles. 
because LeBron uplifted them. He uplifted them. I mean, look at what he's doing in L.A. And I hope they get to finish the season as it is because I honestly feel that they're going towards a championship. And when everything is being said about LeBron is Jordan, he's not. He's LeBron. He's not MJ. He's LJ. That's like he said years ago. He can only be the best him. But of course they're going to compare him. Of course they're going to tear LeBron down for all the losses. Of course they're going to tear LeBron down for this and that and praise Michael for this and that. Two different eras. Two different eras. Can't do that. Because if you want to go by numbers, no, Mike isn't the greatest. No, Mike isn't the greatest. He's the best. It's the difference. It's the difference. Because if you want to look at numbers, he doesn't have the most titles. He doesn't have the most MVPs. He doesn't have the most scoring titles. He doesn't have the most, well, maybe he does have the most scoring titles, I'm sorry. But he doesn't have, he, he wasn't the perfect basketball player. He wasn't the perfect ball player. And I'm not saying LeBron is the perfect ball player either, but they were just different and they worked with what they have and they made themselves better. If you want to be better, you have to put in the work. That's where they compare. Nobody has that drive that LeBron does. Nobody has that drive that Jordan does. There's no wide receiver I've seen that has that work ethic that Jerry Rice does. Well, maybe for Julio Jones. Players like that. DeAndre Hopkins. Players like that. Or hell, players you may not even have heard of, really, but put the work in to be better. I mean, Julian Edelman, look at him. Look at his career. Ed McCaffrey from the Broncos back in the day. Brian Urlacher was a safety. Had to bulk up and learn how to play a position quickly. The spirit of competition to be better than everybody drove him. Drove him. I remember Ray Lewis saying one day, we didn't play the Bears often, but I always had to look at what Erlacher was doing because that was my measuring stick because people compared myself and him so much and they only crossed paths on the field so little, but they were compared. That spirit of competition drove both of them. I remember Charles Tillman saying when the Lions drafted Calvin Johnson, they played each other twice a year. Charles Tillman said, I have to be better now because look at what I'm going to be faced with. Calvin Johnson, 6'5", 250, runs 4'3". If he didn't play for the Lions, he would be the greatest wide receiver ever if he didn't play for the Detroit Lions. And he's still regarded as possibly one of the greatest ever. But you put... Calvin Johnson's career with Peyton Manning. You give him Peyton Manning. He's the greatest ever, period. You give him Aaron Rodgers. You give him Brett Favre. He's the greatest ever.
you put certain players with with other players who have that same competitive drive and their careers turn out better. I mean, had the had the Pistons drafted Carmelo Anthony instead of what the hell was his name? Darko Milicic? Yeah, there we go. If they had drafted him instead of they possibly wouldn't have won a title, but Darko didn't even do anything and they still won a title. But imagine if they would have had Carmelo with the make of that team. With the makeup of that team, how different Carmelo's career would be right now. Because Carmelo coming out of college, he was what everybody wanted to be. Killer. Flat out killer on the basketball court. Could do no wrong. Got to the league and it's been different. But LeBron knew he had to be better because he came into the league 6'8", but he wasn't 260 pounds. He was probably 215, 220. If that, all he did was fly because he was too small to stay on the ground. <laughs> but he knew he had to get better. He knew he had he had to work with the teammates he had until he got fed up and said, yeah, I want to win now, so put me with other men who want to win, not just basketball players. Put me with Pat Riley. Put me with Eric Spolstra. Put me with the Heat's owner who knows how to win. Put me in that culture. Put me in that culture. Just like when he came back to Cleveland. Came back to Cleveland saying, I know how to win now. I know how to win now. Because of the losses. Because of what it took to be a champion. Michael had to learn that from the Celtics and the Pistons. Beating his ass. Mike Tyson had to learn that from everything that happened to him in his life. Every competitor in every field. Doctors, lawyers, everyone who's who's of importance and everybody's of importance. Myself, hell, one slip up and I'm not a manager anymore. Somebody else is going to come in and take my place. So I have to put myself into that arena, put myself into that mind state that all of you are competition. All of you are competition. You put yourself into that mind state when you go to work. Look at everyone as food. You're not there to just get a check. You're there to make a difference. And the only way you can make a difference is if you make yourself better. You have to be in competition. It'll only make you better. There's a bad side to it as well. (laughs) I was going to get to that. There's a bad side to it, so you have to know the balance when you're a parent, you're in competition with your wife. You're in competition with your husband. Or, you know, him or her. Not everybody's married. So, <laughs> you're in competition. You're not going to parent the same way. You're not going to do everything the same way. So, there's going to be some differences there. It's going to be where daddy does this or mommy does that. Believe me, I know it all too well. So, you have to find a balance. 
Because when that baby is starting to walk or starting to focus on who you really are, they don't cry when I hold them. Oh, he slept all day. She slept all day. Or they eat good when I'm there. Or, you know, this doesn't happen when I'm at home. Believe me, I've had those foolish arguments. So you're in competition with your spouse. Just to be the better parent. How foolish does that sound? But it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. So new parents out there, don't be afraid. Because it's going to happen and it's going to get better. gonna get better you're gonna realize that you work better together you work better together you're gonna realize it it may take some wars but you're gonna it, you're, hey, <laughs> you'll be better for it you'll be better for it and I love this I love this quote I came across I don't know who said it but the hours I put, the all of the hours I sweated made me bleed less on the battlefield. I understood that as soon as I read it. All of the hours I sweated made me bleed less on the battlefield. Now, I'm not trying to put everything into a war type of setting, but that person was a weightlifter and I forgot his name. Last name was Williams. Ray Williams. There we go. That was, that's his name. So, the hours you put when nobody sees you, when you're in that arena, when you're at work, now you can shine now. You don't fear anything because of what you, what you beat the hell out of yourself already. Those hours you spent studying, those hours you spent doing this, doing that, when you're taking those exams, you're ready now. You don't have anything to fear. You don't have anything to fear. <clears throat> like I said, there's a bad side to that as well because I still believe there's no parenting book on the planet that could prepare you for being a parent. You have to physically get the hell beat out of you by that little baby that came out of your, your wife or your girlfriend. <laughs> You have to be. You have to get the hell beat out of you. That little bundle of joy, as you call it, for the first couple of weeks, isn't a bundle of joy anymore once it sees you. And now we, we're at war. You and that child are at war. Every day. <laughs> but as I said, you're going to have those moments. But no book is going to prepare you for it. No book is going to prepare you for being a parent. It'll scare the hell out of you if you go to that book every time that baby cries. So now you're in competition with your husband, boyfriend, and that baby. <laughs> because I've seen mothers firsthand <laughs> look at that child and say, I'm going to learn you. <laughs> I'm going to learn how you work. I'm going to make you better. <laughs> and it, it works. It works. You're going to learn to understand your children. But once they get older, you're going to lose all of that teaching. 
You're going to lose all of that shit real quick. Once they start to get their own opinions and start to go against you, now you're really in competition with them little assholes. Believe us, we got five of them. <laughs> but as I've stated, it'll get better. It'll get better. Don't worry about it. But realize you're going to have a war. Going to have a war. Competition is in, in on the sexual side of relationships. That sounds kind of weird, but it's true. Um, me and B watched a movie last night. Uh, what women want? No, no, no. What men want? I'm sorry. This one had um Taraji P Henson in it, and it was basically the Mel Gibson basically remake from a woman's point of view. And it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I think she was actually surprised that I watched it with her. But it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. We laughed. And we had we had a discussion afterwards. But it was basically her trying to figure out men. The only way they made her figure out men in the movie was if she heard their thoughts. That turned out to blow up. And, you know, she had to realize everything on her own without hearing their thoughts to realize how wrong of a person she had been. But it got me thinking about the competitiveness on the sexual side, because when she when they showed the the scenes of her and her, you know, eventual boyfriend, she would just get on top of him and just go. Basically, like a man would just to get yours off and just roll over and go to sleep. She was beaten and choking and hidden and it all lasted probably a minute but until he stopped that and said look let's just go let's just let things happen and if you let things happen if you lose the spirit of competition like they showed in the movie both can be satisfied well beyond your expectations so the competition sexually arises especially in men because they want Especially in a new relationship, you're going to want to show and let her feel that she's never felt that before. Oh, you've never felt this before. Nobody's felt like me before. Nobody's as big as I am. Nobody lasts as long. Nobody does what I do. But in the realm of all of that, she may have had bigger than you. She may have had longer than you. But the idea to lose that spirit of competition is you have to give her you. You can't give her anything that you're trying to make up. You can't give her anything artificial. You can't make her feel anything differently because when it's all said and done, she can put a finger inside of herself where you can use your hand and you've had sex. There you go. You're done. But it's just the idea of losing that spirit of competition and letting it come naturally Oh shit, you're gonna have the best relationship ever if you stop going against your partner. Believe me, I know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll have the best relationship ever if you stop going against your partner. If you lose that spirit of competition. Lose that spirit of trying to have something to prove, basically. Because I've had plenty of conversations with men who've had who have sex with women like they're like they're trying to win a fight 
like you're trying to conquer something. You're not trying to conquer something. You're trying to have a moment with this woman that can last. When you just go out there just to pound, you're basically in a comp in, in in battle right now in a way. And you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. And females too, you shouldn't try to have the best orgasm ever every time you have sex. You're in competition. Shouldn't have to. You shouldn't try to prove a point every time. Oh, I put him to sleep or I put her to sleep. You shouldn't try to have a notch on your belt. You should just try to experience it for what it is. Watch. It's going to last hours. You're going to lose yourself. <laughs> what you thought you needed, you're not going to need. What you felt you needed, oh, I need a man at least a certain length. Or I need a woman to look a certain way. No. Lose that ideology quickly. And just let the mental of a person make love to you instead of the physical. Because everybody has the same part, basically is what I'm saying. Let the physical, I'm sorry, let the mental of a person make love to you. Lose the spirit of competition in relationships. Thank you all. Episode one, season two. Patience is a podcast. Until next time.